In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Raise a tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage, all the way to Pro Football Hall of Fame discussions. And we always talk some fantasy football since this is on Rotoviz Radio, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And last week, my special guests Shane Hallam and Kane Fassell of the Debbie Marketplace podcast joined me to talk about risers and fallers all across college football, players shooting up and falling down future NFL draft boards, all the way out to even some 2023 NFL draft guys. Uh, And this week, I'm flying solo for my Thanksgiving special, the uh, Top 100 Rookies special. Uh, And every year, if you've been following me for very long at all or uh, anything with, at Rotoviz or Dynasty League Football. Uh, you, you may be, already know this, but every year around this time, I begin my Top 100 Rookies series in written article form. And you can look for that at Rotoviz here soon. Essentially, I break down the Top 100 Rookies for fantasy football purposes in the 2021 NFL Draft. Every single year, I get about six months ahead and, and talk about all the, the offensive and defensive playmakers that will be scoring you and your fantasy football team's points here in the near future. So on this top 100 rookie special, I'll give you guys a preview of where I have some of them, where I have some key top NFL prospects and where they're ranked and, you know, perhaps convince you why I'm not crazy for ranking them so highly. So if you have any questions on any any of these guys or anything else, college football or NFL related, find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. But we're going to cover some offensive and defensive playmakers currently in college football draft eligible for the 2021 NFL draft. But first, it's time for the man of the hour segment. And I have to just talk about this guy because he's been blowing it up in the NFL for way too long and not getting enough credit. And that is Keenan Allen, wide receiver, Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, yes, a lot of people know he's a really good wide receiver, has been one of the best at times here and there, but I think a lot of people don't understand just how good he has been. And this past weekend, he just he just grabbed 16 receptions for 145 yards and a score. Yes, 16 catches in one game. And yes, it was against the Jets, and they're pretty bad, but it was still incredible. Because Keenan Allen actually broke his own career high of 15 receptions in a game with that 16 receptions. And that 16 receptions, that total is actually tied for 8th most in an NFL game ever. And yes, it is just one game, and it is against a bad team. But Keenan's been doing doing this for years. And I don't think we realize just how dominant he has been, and consistently so, when he's on the field. Yes, he's missed time with injury, but man, on a per-game basis, he's one of the best of all Time. Keenan has now actually eclipsed 600 career receptions with 605 total through his first 96 NFL games. The NFL record 
for receptions through 100 games is 622 catches, and that's held by Antonio Brown. So Keenan just needs 18 receptions in his next four games to become the fastest wide receiver to 600 receptions in NFL history. The dude has absolutely killed it when he has been healthy. And so, and, and, and that's what he has been over the past three, four years now. In fact, the pace that he's on right now is just absurd. He's at, he actually has posted three consecutive 1,200 yards from scrimmage seasons. And he's about to get his fourth this year if he actually stays healthy. And do you know how many other wide receivers are currently on a similar streak, you know, with at least three consecutive seasons of 1,200 yards from scrimmage? Uh, it's Michael Thomas, uh, Julio Jones, and that's the end of the list. That's it. Those two guys, Keenan Allen, that's it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how consistently amazing Keenan Allen has been, and yet he's not considered, you know, Hall of Fame bound. I actually talked to, to several different people, pulled Twitter, had, had a special guest on preseason talking about who, who would be on pace for the Hall of Fame. And we got to Keenan Allen, and they were like, yeah, you know, probably not yet. He's going to have to do amazing things for the next four, five, six years. But the thing is, that's exactly what he's continuing to do. And I don't think people realize he's actually 14th all-time in receiving yards per game right now. He's already top 130 in receiving yards all-time, and, and perhaps he could be top 100 by the end of this season. And he's still just 28 years old. And he has four and a half more years on his current contract with a rising stud quarterback in Justin Herbert. So Keenan Allen, Canton bound. I know a lot of people in in dynasty fantasy football and certain forms of fantasy football aren't super high, aren't that high on Keenan. But we just have to face it. The guy has been dominant and has been dominant in a consistent way that is on pace if he continues to rack up the stats to eventually make it to the Hall of Fame. If you want to debate me on that. Find some numbers that disagree, but right now he is currently on pace to be a Hall of Famer. I really hope he stays healthy and continues to connect with Justin Herbert and continues having 16 catch weeks. And if you're in Dynasty Fantasy Football, because of his age, he's 28, you can probably go acquire him and get him on your team for much less than you think. Right now is probably not the time to go try to do it just because he you know, caught 16 balls in a game. But wait for a down moment and go get a guy who still has plenty in the tank left and is clearly a top-tier elite talent and that is most likely on his way to the Hall of Fame. But now let's dive into some of my top 100 rookies for 2021. I'll take turns going back and forth between offense and defense, one, maybe two players uh, at each position at a time. You know, last week, if you tuned in, we talked about how many crazy quarterbacks could, could go early on in the NFL draft. I'm not going to talk about those six guys again. If you missed it, check out the show. It was a lot of fun. Broke these guys down in depth. But we, we talked about Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, Justin Fields of Ohio State, Trey Lance, North Dakota State, Kyle Trask of Florida, Zach Wilson, BYU, and Mac Jones of Alabama. All those six guys. It's crazy that there are actually six different guys, all of which are seriously in the first round conversation this year. That's that's really almost unprecedented. That that kind of numbers only happened one time in NFL history. Not saying it's going to happen, but with that many quarterbacks, you know, you don't usually rank seven quarterbacks uh, very highly at all for fantasy football purposes because typically we only see five or six quarterbacks get selected at all inside the first three rounds of the NFL draft, not let alone, you know, not just the first round. So this year it's a little bit deeper and there's really only one other guy that I can't help myself. I just, I have to rank him highly because 
because of what he's doing here lately and really his whole body of work, and that is Desmond Ritter, quarterback of Cincinnati. If you're not familiar with him, it's probably because he plays in the American Athletic Conference and you know, he's not a power five quarterback, a big conference quarterback. He's not always on national television, but he is dominating uh, and doing so in impressive fashion. Over the past five games, he has 21 total touchdowns to just two interceptions. He's averaging nearly 340 total yards per game in that span and is really showing his dual threat ability as a rusher and a passer. And currently, for me, he's ranked 68th overall in my top 100 rookie series, 45th offensive player. So he's he's draftable in most any kind of fantasy football, dynasty league, fantasy football format. Uh, but he could be way higher. He could continue to rise. He could pass one of the six that we talked about last week if he keeps playing at this Heisman level of performance like he has been over the past five weeks. So he's absolutely shredding it in every opportunity that he can. So if he gets earlier draft capital than he might be currently projected for, Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati Bearcats, he's a guy that we should all keep on our radar that has been successful over a large sample, has had two years already, led Cincinnati to two 11-win seasons, and currently has them undefeated once again. But moving on to the defensive side of the ball, maybe a player that may end up picking off guys like Desmond Ritter and, and, and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in the NFL one day, Paris Ford, the safety from Pittsburgh. And most of you, if you follow Pittsburgh or the ACC or college football in general, you may already be familiar with Paris Ford, and you may already be familiar with the fact that he actually did opt out uh, of part of this season. He did start to play this year, actually did c- compete in seven different games this year but did decide to opt out. I'm not sure that's going to hurt his draft capital at all, uh, but he really is a first-round talent at the position. In his last 19 games, he has 16 total passes defended, three interceptions this year alone in just seven games, had three picks last year as well, and he can do everything. He can be a rangy free safety if you want him to be. He can play in the box. He He's probably not quite big enough to, to be an every down box safety, but he can play there. He can play the slot. He can play anywhere. His multiplicitous skill set is perfect for the modern, ever-changing defensive schemes of the NFL. So I currently have him as my safety one, my defensive back one, 28th overall among all rookies, offensive and defensive. And he's actually my fifth rated defender for fantasy football purposes at the next level. Paris Ford, safety out of Pittsburgh, Real deal, top-tier talent. But going back to the offensive side of the ball, a guy that, uh, you know, it's kind of disappointing, and this has been uh, a trend now this this year with injuries and seeing players, uh, you know, having something go wrong, they're draft eligible, okay, I'm going to opt out. I'm, I'm not sure that it's been made official just yet, but Pat, Pat Farmuth, tight end Penn State, uh, injured himself here recently and had to miss this past weekend. And it does look like he's most likely going to end up missing the rest of the season. And even if he doesn't, it would probably be smart to just start preparing for the NFL draft because he most likely will be going in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. If you're unfamiliar with Pat Fryermuth, uh, a lot of people have called him Baby Gronk already just because, you know, he wears the number 87. 
He, he really looks and plays similar to early career Gronkowski. He's absolutely dominant in the red zone, but he can stretch the field as well vertically, punish, to, punish open field defenders uh, playing aggressively after he, after he catches the ball. He actually had 15 touchdowns in his first two collegiate seasons, which is just crazy for college football tight end production standards. We just don't see elite level production at that position early typically in a player's career. And we really, even even when it's all said and done, we don't always see guys have back-to-back half dozen touchdown seasons at the position. That's just not where college football is right now. But Pat Firemuth said, nope, I'm going to break all expectations and dominate from the get-go. So I currently actually, despite the injury, actually have him 18th overall in my top 100 rookies, 17th overall offensive player. So, I mean, he's just dominated, averaging nearly six catches per game before going down with the injury this year. So, I, I have no no doubt in my mind, even if he has to miss part of the combine or anything like that, he's still going to be a first-round pick next year. And as a first-round pick at the tight end position, even when there might be two other first-round picks at the tight end position, I still have, have him as my tight end, too, behind only Kyle Pitts. And he's going to be going very early in dynasty rookie drafts all over. So I'd, I'd be pumped about Pat Farmuth and a few other tight ends next year as well. Heading back over to the defensive side of the ball, though. Jabril Cox, linebacker, LSU. He's actually a North Dakota State transfer. You may be familiar with him if you're a super college football nerd, but you might not be if you unless you're like an LSU fan. But uh, Jabril Cox has been a really solid defender for LSU already this year. Was an incredible producer for North Dakota State. Showed that he can really defend the pass really well. I think LSU saw, hey, we're, we're losing Patrick Queen to the NFL. He was their stud, kind of will linebacker, pass coverage linebacker a year ago. And so they're like, we need somebody to come in and fill that role right away. Jarrell Cox has been that dude. And he's been all over the field in six games, already up to nearly 40 tackles. Has nearly a half dozen tackles for loss, a sack, two picks, and a defensive touchdown, and a fumble recovery. He's everywhere all over the field. He has NFL athleticism. He has almost nothing wrong with his profile if you look at him other than that he played at low level of competition until this year. But on an LSU defense that overall has disappointed this year, Jabril Cox, linebacker, has been a stud. And I think he's going to get early draft capital, probably around two type pick next spring. So remember the name, Jabril Cox. I, I probably have him higher than most other people. I actually have him 33rd overall in my top 100 rookies for fantasy football purposes. He's my linebacker three, unless you count Joseph Osai's linebacker from Texas. Uh, he's actually only behind Micah Parsons and Dylan Moses at true off-the-ball linebackers. My sixth overall defender, but uh, really high on the guy that, that can really make a difference and be on the field for every single down in the past happy NFL that we are in today. So just to recap my guys, quarterback Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati, safety Paris Ford uh, from Pittsburgh, tight end Pat Firemuth from Penn State, and linebacker Jabril Cox, LSU. On the other side, I'll dive into a couple running backs, uh, an, Indian, an interior defensive lineman, a couple wide receivers, and an edge defender that you should definitely be looking out for that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. But first, a word from our sponsors. 
2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore and Total Visits, so it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with that free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. And we're back. And, you know, I mentioned this being a Thanksgiving special. And last week we gave you some free advice with with Kane uh, recommending that you guys choose ham over turkey. Definitely think that is a win. But, hey, even if you are sticking with turkey, uh, I would actually highly recommend frying the turkey. We're actually uh, doing that here at our household this week. So uh, definitely give that a try. My brother-in-law is actually bringing his his big fryer. So we're going to do that outside and make it a big deal and, uh, you know, take a few days and, and prep. So definitely do that uh, and definitely enjoy some time with family. Uh, but hopefully you guys are enjoying this podcast Can tuck these names away to remember when the NFL draft comes. Or you can, if you're in nerdy Debbie fantasy football like myself, you can maybe perhaps go trade for these guys before they go pro and get some real NFL draft capital. But back to it, diving into the running back position. A guy we mentioned last week, but I'm going to mention him pretty much until until everyone has him as their consensus running back three all over the place. Javante Williams, running back North Carolina, has been my dude for a while. I actually was able to draft him in a couple of different spots this year uh, after his incredible sophomore season just a year ago, having over 1,100 yards from scrimmage while sharing the backfield with another guy who has future NFL potential in Michael Carter. And he was doing that at a younger age than Michael Carter. And he was bigger than Michael Carter and faster than Michael Carter. And I saw a player that had better contact balance than Michael Carter. Javante Williams is a true feature back. He's 5'10", 225 pounds. Like I said, already last year had 1,100 yards from scrimmage in 13 games. This year he has over 1,100 yards in just eight games. And not to mention, he has, you know, 18 total touchdowns and he's averaging 8.1 yards per touch. 
he's really been perhaps outside of maybe Travis Etienne and, and I guess Najee Harris because he just gets fed all the work for Alabama. He's really close to being the best running back in the country this year. And there's a, there's debate that might suggest he is the best running back in the country this year. But even last year, he, he led all running backs in yards after contact per reception. He has, like I mentioned, he has the crazy contact balance. He has the vision. He has the burst. He's got legit straight line four five-ish speed. He is the whole package at the running back position. If it weren't for Travis Etienne and Najee Harris returning to school, they were actually draft eligible last year. If it weren't for that, he would be the running back one in this draft class. So Javante Williams, running back North Carolina, get pumped for this guy because he, he's going to turn some heads next year at the Combine and continue to rise up NFL draft boards all the way up to draft day. So I, I really can't wait to see what the future holds for Javante Williams, running back North Carolina. But because it's everyone's favorite position, especially here recently, I do want to mention another name that I don't know that many people are super excited about right now, but I think they should be very, very soon. Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State. He was probably the only true freshman to ever rack up 1,500 yards from scrimmage in, in college football history and still have basically no one know who he is. And I get it. He's in the Pac-12, plays for Oregon State. Not a great team, not a great offense. No one really cares about the program for the most part, except for maybe their alumni, maybe half of them. And so I, I guess I get it from that standpoint. But 1,500 yards from scrimmage as a true freshman, as a running back, and he's still not getting much notoriety at all. It's just disrespectful. And I and I understand that there's con- some, some concern because last year he didn't look like the same player, but he also was struggling with injury for most of the season. Even when he could get on the field, they, they limited his touches at times. But, but now this year, through three games, he's averaging 167 yards from scrimmage per game. Already has five touchdowns. So he's really right back on track and impressing in in even greater ways than he was as a true freshman. He's not an elite athlete, but he is still a solid playmaker that can catch passes. And uh, of course, he has a 1,500 yard season on his resume. And he, if, if this were a full season, he'd be right back on that pace to do it once again. Right now, he's my running back 13, uh, 74th player overall. 49th offensive player overall, so kind of on that barely draftable fringe for dynasty fantasy football purposes and kind of standard, you know, 12 team leagues with four rounds of rookie picks and things like that. But Jamar Jefferson could easily rise if he, it, it, rise up draft boards if he continues to dominate like he has been doing through Oregon State's first three games. So keep an eye on Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State. But hopping over back to the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if you guys know who Jeffrey Simmons is for the Tennessee Titans, but uh, he's a guy that that should not have dropped to the Titans. He should not have made it there. There were injury concerns. Teams didn't know when he was going to come back and be completely healthy. I don't really know the severity of Marvin Wilson's injury of uh, Florida State, but I think in, in that way, he reminds me of Jeffrey Simmons in that he is an interior defensive lineman that is absolutely dominant and is way more agile and fast for a guy that weighs seriously 305 pounds. But Marvin Wilson, Florida State, was crazy dominant last year and the year before. Wasn't really impressing to the same extent this year. I don't know if that has to do with Florida State's program just being an absolute dumpster fire or what it was, but he uh, had a procedure done. He's going to prepare for the NFL draft. I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% by the NFL Combine, but even if he isn't, he should not be dropping down 
boards. I mean, he had nearly 30 pass rush pressures last season, and that's as, a, as an interior defensive lineman. And, and coming into this year, he had two seasons with nearly 50 tackles each playing interior defensive line. Again, not a super tackle-heavy position, but he just makes plays. Cogs the middle in the run, gets into the backfield as a pass rusher, just a crazy disruptive defender. And, and like I said, just way too fast and agile for a 300-pound dude. So Marvin Wilson, interior defensive line, Florida State, still my defensive lineman one. I think a lot of people have uh, a couple other guys maybe over him at this point and just because we're not seeing him play. But I think that's going to be a mistake. He's a first-round talent, first half of the first round NFL talent uh, that might drop to the second round, and that will be a mistake. So whoever gets him in the NFL draft is going to get a steal in Marvin Wilson. And then switching gears back over to wide receivers because everyone loves to talk wide receivers. I'm going to talk one obvious name and one less obvious name here. So the obvious name, but one that I think I might be even higher than most on, is uh, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Not a surprise. He's going to be a super early pick. Everybody knows this. Uh, but the, the thing is, though, he's actually my wide receiver, too. Uh, behind only Jamar Chase, formerly of LSU, the guy, you know, that caught like 20 touchdowns just a year ago and has opted out for this season to prepare for the draft. But Devontae Smith, he's been the best wide receiver on Alabama for two seasons in a row. And coming into this year, he actually already had a 70th percentile adjusted production index, which that metric, if you're not familiar, it kind of combines three predictive production metrics into one to give a solid score and then compares it to every wide receiver to enter the NFL since 2005. Even before this dominant season, where his, his market share has even increased and his workload has even increased, even before this year, he was 70th percentile. After this year, he's probably going to be a 90th percentile producer. And coming from a blue blood program where he's having to compete with a bunch of other really good wide receivers. And he's already outproduced Henry Ruggs. He's already outproduced Jerry Judy. He's already outproduced Jalen Waddell and John Mechie and every other player that he's played with except for Calvin Ridley back when Devontae Smith was still just a true freshman. So he could be the next great Alabama wide receiver to come out. He is my wide receiver too because he has the route running. He has the speed. He has the production profile. He has almost everything that you want, and people are going to nitpick the fact that he's a little skinny, but I don't really care. He's going to be a top 15 NFL draft pick. I think it would not surprise me if he was actually the first wide receiver taken in next year's NFL draft. I think NFL people like him even more than us fantasy nerds. So Devontae Smith, wide receiver two, could be even higher than that in this class when it's all said and done. And then a less obvious name, Diami Brown of North Carolina, wide receiver, North Carolina, Diami Brown, dynamic duo with Daz Newsom, probably the, the coolest combination of, of awesome names and production going on in college football at the wide receiver position. Uh, right now, he's my wide receiver 11, but that, that sounds like it's low, but this class is incredibly deep with tons of really solid playmakers. And really, after like wide receiver six, it's really splitting hairs all the way to like wide receiver 15. Uh, so he probably ends up as high as my wide receiver eight in the 2021 NFL draft class. But just to, to talk about how incredible he has been over the past two seasons. In, in the past 20 games, uh, in the past two years, he has 20 touchdowns. And he's ne averaged nearly 20 yards per reception 
over that time. He's he's a big play playmaker that is just always open. Just has that swagger that you like to see too. I early last year before he'd really done anything, he was lining up against AJ Terrell, Clemson, a future NFL draft pick and just, you know, looked over at Sam Howell, waved to him before the the ball was even snapped saying, "Hey, I've got single coverage. I'm already open. Target me for the touchdown." And he burned Terrell with a sneaky double move. Easy touchdown. Just He plays with so much confidence, so much speed, that he's going to be a real problem at the next level. If he gets day two draft capital, which I think he will, I think there could be 15 guys that get day one or day two NFL draft capital at the wide receiver position. He's going to be one of them. And he's he's a deep threat, splash play guy that, that could have a, a big time role on an NFL offense immediately. So I think a lot of people are not ranking him high enough. I might be one of them having him only at wide receiver 11 right now. So again, Diami Brown, dynamic playmaker. Keep an eye on him to continue to rise and maybe even peak up to round two real NFL draft capital. And you'll probably see him continue to rise up several different people's boards. He's my 29th overall playmaker right now. 24th, I believe, among uh, offensive players, but I think that's that might end up being low uh, after the NFL draft happens next spring. But to round out the show, talk about one last position here, and that's edge rusher here. And, and in the NFL, the edge rushing position, I mean, it, that looks very different from team to team. That might be a 3-4 outside linebacker. That might be a, a more typical, you know, 4 4-3 defensive end. It could be kind of a thicker tweener type player that can really scoot inside uh, and, and be a, a thicker defensive lineman or shift outside and be like a, a, a dirty work uh, five tech like Daquan Jones for the Titans. Uh, so it, it can mean a lot of different things when you when you talk about an edge rushing type player. And I, and I mentioned Joseph Osai of, of uh, Texas. I think he's the perfect example of how the edge position and, and designation uh, in the NFL is just continually changing. And, and I don't think it's going to get any clearer anytime soon because Joseph Osai, I mean, he's a huge dude, 6'4", six, six, 250 pounds, but he can play off-ball linebacker. He can play edge rusher. He can scoot inside as an interior lineman if you ask him to. He does everything really well. And so as a linebacker, I have him ranked as a linebacker three. But as edge rusher, he would actually be edge rusher two, only behind Gregory Rousseau. But however you, however you want to rate him, I probably have him higher than most uh, anywhere. He's actually 27th in my top 100 rookies. And he is my fourth overall defender. I have seen some real... Uh, draft services ranking him up higher and higher and higher every week. And that's, you know, because he's averaging like seven tackles per game this year. Already has four and a half sacks and 13 tackles for a loss this year for Texas. So he's one of the most versatile playmakers we've seen come out. He can play Will. He can play the Will linebacker position. He can play edge and more. It's just kind of like I was talking about before with Paris Ford, that versatility, that multiplicity that he brings to a defensive front. You just don't know what the team is doing. That That's where the NFL is headed, and that that kind of freak athleticism is what makes him great. So if you count him as, as an edge, rush, edge rusher, I have him high, have him higher than most. If you count him as an off-the-ball linebacker, I have him higher than most. But as a true edge defender that is not off the ball in any way, Carlos Basham Jr. of Wake Forest is a guy I'm also super high on, uh, way higher than most. I think a lot, a lot of people had him preseason a little bit higher, but have been dropping him down the board for I, I have no idea what reason. <clears throat> but I think some people, the argument is that uh, you know he's a he's a tweener, like he's 
You know, he's too big to be a true edge rusher or, or even a guy that would plug in at uh, outside linebacker in a 3-4 type situation. But he's probably too small to be an interior guy. Uh, so he might be a 4-3 defensive end and he might pass rush sometimes, but really he's going to stop the run. So for fantasy football purposes and maybe real NFL purposes, he doesn't really put up a whole bunch of production. But I disagree. Because I think he has the best of both worlds. I mean, if you look at his production and what he does as a consistent pass rusher, last season he actually was fourth, yes, fourth in the entire nation when it comes to pass rush pressures. Uh, One of those players that he was behind, oh, you know, his name was Chase Young, who, you know, got first round NFL draft capital. And the two other guys above him in pressures also got drafted. So, and Carlos Basham was the leading returning player in pass rush pressures from the 2019 season. We're talking about a guy who uh, people talk about his, his weight being an issue as a pass rush. He clearly knows how to use it. He can bully people. He needs to add some more moves in the pass rush, but he what he does works. He gets into the backfield. Uh, he has the strength and size to play most any defensive line position. So if you want to scoot him inside and really stuff the run, he can do that and be a tackle hoarder there. But if you want to have him lined up nine technique way outside, he can get around the edge. He's not, he doesn't have the crazy burst of like an elite level top five NFL pick as a pass rusher, but he just does everything well. And he's produced really well. And, and not, not just from a pressure standpoint, he had 10 sacks last year. So we're not talking about a guy that, that uh, has only, you know, only kind of gets there, but doesn't really finish. He's a finisher too. So I, I don't know what people don't like about Carlos Basham. Uh, he's still a, a day two pick, I think, by consensus. But for me, a guy with, you know, 18 tackles for loss last year and 10 sacks and 6'5", 285 pound size that still has speed at that size. Uh, I'm going to want him on my NFL roster uh, if I'm any kind of team. And as a fantasy football nut that plays in defensive player leagues, I'm going to want him on all my teams as well. So Carlos Bassam Jr., Wake Forest, keep keep his name on your radar. I think he's going to rise up boards again once people really take a good look at what he's doing again this year. Already five sacks in six games uh, again. So great edge rusher there. But that's all the time I have this, this week for the Top 100 Rookie Special. Hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving and you're nursing your uh, your food baby, I hope you recover quickly uh, so that you can get get excited for some football upcoming and enjoy the rest of your time with family uh, or whatever else you're doing this week. But if you have any questions, again, on any of these players I mentioned today or the Top 100 Rookie Series that will be uh, showing up on Rotoviz very soon. Just find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. But be looking for that over at Rotoviz here soon as well. But anyway, enjoy the holiday season. Uh, we'll be back with more guests here in the very n- near future. Won't always be flying solo like this. But I look forward to you all joining me soon for many more episodes of the College Again podcast. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.